welcome to the Business Success Club. I want to say welcome, and you are in for a treat in this group. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And on this podcast, what we really want to establish is this. How do hardworking entrepreneurs build profitable and scalable businesses whilst having the freedom and balance to do the other things they love? like family, vacations, sports, fun, adventures, and charity. So let's tune into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business Success Show with your business coach, Mac Atram. And today I have a very, very special guest all the way in from Atlanta, Georgia. Now I'm going to introduce her to, to you in a moment. Now, as always on this show, we're looking for inspiration, we're looking for success tips, we're looking on how we can live a better life, we're looking for how we can drive our business to a better place. And so when my team came across Greta, we knew we had to have her on the show. Now, if you love golf, stay tuned and stay on. If you've never played golf before, stay tuned, stay on. Listen, it doesn't matter. We're gonna be talking about golf, we're gonna talk about business, we're gonna talk about how the two relate, we're going to be talking about lifestyle and everything else in between. Now, before I bring her up here, let me tell you briefly about her. It's Dr. Greta Anderson. Now, she's an LPGA Class A golf professional and founder of Dr. Greta Golf. Now, she's based, as I said, in Atlanta, Georgia, and she's run several um, successes, um, successful businesses. She started them up. She's also taken them to acquisition as well. But in her heart, she's an educator with more than 25 years experience in educational research. Now her mission is to fuse her knowledge of human learning and golf instruction to help as many people of every identity possible to transition from the sidelines. So check this out, to the fairways of golf courses around the world. Dr. Greta Anderson, thank you for jumping onto the Business Success Show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. That was quite, a, quite an introduction. I love it. Yeah, it's a great summation of what I'm passionate about and what I've been doing, I guess, all these years. Well, fantastic. I think a good starting point would be, tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial background. Sure. Now, what sure. type of businesses did you set up and get it acquired? And, um, and then eventually, I think we'll go down the golf route as well. Sure. Sure. So really, my first true business was when I was a little Greta. I realized that in the lunchroom, everyone wasn't happy. So I figured out, hey, you know, you know, kids, everyone wants what, what the other kid had. So I kind of made this kind of clearinghouse of sorts that for a small monthly, a small weekly fee, because everybody got like a small weekly allowance, uh -huh. you could participate in this trade. And so it maybe you got maybe you had an orange, but you wanted, I don't know, those cookies, those chocolate chip cookies that someone else had put into the mix. Well, for your 25 cents per week, you could trade it out. And it was pretty lucrative. It was actually pretty good, I mean, for, for the time. So that was really my first, I mean, honestly, truly my first glimpse at like, hey, if you just kind of think about something and, and see a need and kind of build something to fill the gap, it kind of works. Wow. How old were you roughly at that time? Let's see here, maybe eight or nine. Wow. Pretty entrepreneurial at such a young age. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I really, it was really kind of candidly a little self-serving. 
because uh-huh. I kind of had a couple. Um, we had great lunches. My mom was a great lunch packer. But, you know, you always want what the other kid has. You know, and I thought, well, maybe if I could incentivize some trades here, we yeah. can make this work. And sure enough, it worked a little bit. Oh, fantastic. Very good. Very good. And so some of your um, grown up businesses was what then? What did you get involved with? So really, the next phase, um, I played tennis, competitive tennis for decades. Oh, yes. I started playing tennis when I was a very small girl. And so I started teaching. I I love to teach whatever I I love. I love teaching it. My mother has told me that for years. And it's true. So really, my first business was was a golf was excuse me, was a tennis business my tennis instruction. But I also kind of figured out, hey, this really isn't scalable, though. I loved one to one lessons. You know, that's when I quickly realized, hey, you kind of got to figure out how to do this in a group fashion. And even from there, I had what was loosely kind of fashioned as a small academy. So, again, it was that. But in terms of um, just kind of nuts and bolts, um, my first business, that really was after um, as I was in corporate America as a researcher, I'm, you know, I'm a researcher and I realized that being, being working with large, you know, fortune 50 companies, and that type of thing. I knew that there were kind of these crumbs on the table, um, in terms of research projects that they would lead. Like I knew that for a lot of the research houses, they're not even looking at something that's not under 50, a hundred thousand dollars. Well, that might be crumbs to them, but that's, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good piece of you know, business. And so um, I kind of married my knowledge of that with the relationships that I'd built as a researcher, you know, from the supplier side and the uh, provider side and said, hey, let me use my ex- my 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 skills as a researcher to fill in this little gap. So these small projects, maybe they were the the we need a quick turn on the data generation. For, for a meeting in the morning, we didn't realize that this, you know, that the senior exec was going to want to see another round of this data run. Well, I was willing to be the one that stayed up all night and ran it and analyzed it. And so that was really my first real business when I realized this kind of works. And so I had some kind of contract partners and we kind of built this loose little conglomerate. And that was really what I did. That was my first real entree out and out of corporate America. You know, in, in both instances, what I'm hearing you say, even at the school, even in corporate America, you notice a problem. Huh, these kids want what the other kids have got. Or this department is lacking this and someone needs to fix it. And so you solve that problem for a fee. And that Correct. is business. Fantastic. That is business. That, that is business. Right. Right. <laughs> and right. some people complicate business too much. You know, yes. they, they go and design something. And they say they think it's fantastic and then they try and sell it as right. opposed to what is the problem? What is the demand? Let me provide that and people will buy. I, I, I love that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's and that for me, I won't say that I'm the most creative person. So for me, it's a bit more natural to just look and see what are the gaps. Mm. You know, I'm pretty good at identifying the gaps. And sometimes I may have the skill set or the wherewithal to fill the gap or to create a system to fill the gap. And sometimes I don't. But look for the gaps. I mean, that's really at the end of the day, that's what business is. Look for the gaps and, and help fill it. Fantastic. So tell us about your, you know, we know you, you're you very sporty, obviously played tennis, you instructed tennis. How did you move from tennis to golf? What happened? Well, I've always loved golf. 
And I started playing and dabbling in golf when I was a kid, but it was nothing serious for a couple of reasons. The big one being that golf was very plain. It was very vanilla. Um, And as I said, I started playing tennis as a small girl. And so by the time I was, you know, still not even a teenager, I mean, by 10, 11, I had quite a tennis community, a diversity of friends, great coaches, a great support system at the club where I trained. Um, you know, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, right in the middle of the city, you know, so I had all of these great things that, you know, there are only so many hours in the day and there are only so many resources, you know, my parents, you know, great parents and everything like that, but even both sports are not necessarily inexpensive. Right. right, right. Um, and so, you know, it wasn't just, uh, you, you can do it all. It, that really didn't exist here, but really, Golf, I like the sport, it's but so nothing about the community was inviting to a nine-year-old little African-American girl. Right, right, right. That's true. I can imagine that. Yeah. So for me, it was really a no-brainer. I enjoyed playing and, 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 and dabbling in it. My father has played golf for, I don't really remember him not playing golf. So, oh. I, you know, and I'm very close to both my parents, but, but as my mom was saying, I'm a dad's girl. Right. Okay. So I'm very close to him. And, you know, it was a fun way to hang out. And that's actually where I hit my first golf balls out with my dad. And, you know, because the swings are, you know, it's just movement of the body. You know, we won't get into the biomechanics and everything. I mean, when when I asked him, hey, can I hit a ball? And he said, sure, you know, grab a club. And, I, you know, I put, you know, a shorter club in my hand because, of course, he's an adult male and I was a little girl. So I probably want his wedges or something like that. And I was just kind of trying to figure it out. Now, my natural dexterity is left-handed. And so I started out in tennis two-handed on both sides because the racket was about as big as me, right? So I'm kind of there. But when I picked up the club, of course, it was long. But I just kind of figured out, like, well, the ball, tennis ball is kind of coming here and the golf ball's on the ground. But, you know, let's make it work. So basically, it's just a different plane. And I hit it and I struck it and it was like a beautiful shot. And I remember my dad going like, okay, do that again. It sounds like a natural ability. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I never really practiced a lot, but I always could play well. But remember, I was hitting hundreds and hundreds of thousands of balls a week as a tennis player. Yes. And a two-handed backhand was was really my great shot. So I was practicing the motion, the rotation, for hours and hours a day. So when I came back to golf, you know, come to golf, it was very similar. And that's not uncommon. I'm not like some super freak aberration. Lots of tennis players become really good golfers. So that's kind of a normal thing in terms of because of the similarities of the way the body moves. Um, so that's really how I got into that. Got it. Thanks. Thanks for that. And um, did you ever play professionally? Golf? Yeah. No, never played on the tour, um, yeah. though we as 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 LPGA professionals, we yeah. go through a rigorous process. And so we have to hit a benchmark and produce in a tournament, a professional tournament. So I guess if you put it that way, I have because I had to produce then and I've played, um, you know, some qualifiers and that type of thing. But, you know, very interestingly, I never had an interest in playing professional golf. Very good. Listen, can you explain to everyone what? I'll tell you something. Years ago, when I thought, I want to get back into golf again, I hired yeah. a PGA instructor on yes. a very high class golf course to go yes. through this. And he was really good. I mean, he went yes. through the whole motion, how to hold it and everything. Yes. 
Tell everyone what LPGA stands for, so they know the you know the, the level you're talking about, right? Sure. So the Ladies Professional Golf Association. That's what we're speaking of. So in golf, obviously, the genders are separated there, and so the ladies are on the ladies side, and the PGA Professional Golf Association is on. Uh, it exists now from the from what we call the the teaching side, the clinical side of things. Mm -hmm. There are a handful of women that are also members of the PGA. So the Ladies Professional Golf Association is the world's oldest association, professional athletic association for women, devoted to women. Mm. And so we are just, you know, just facts here. We are the world's researchers and teachers in golf. The PGA, phenomenal. Those are colleagues that we love them dearly, but we really are all about instruction, the science of instruction and research leading the way. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. Well, I yeah. wanted to really ask that question. Yeah. Now, so question. I really wanted to know for myself as well. The, we talk, one of the things you talk about is the, how, how golf relates to business. Yeah. You know, golf is a business skill. What do you Absolutely. mean by that? Absolutely. Golf is a business skill because for so many reasons. Golf is one of my most favorite things to help people understand is this. Golf provides a platform and an opportunity to interact with a people or a person at so many levels that you would just never get sitting at a desk. Moreover, what's the likelihood of you, of you saying to someone, hey, let's spend four hours together. Mm. Not gonna happen unless they're a golfer, right? right? Right. And so in addition to the opportunity to get time together, it's also an opportunity to learn about a person. You know, of course, as people, we're only going to tell you so many things. It's not to mean we're going to be disingenuous, but I'm, I'm not going to sit here and probably share all of every aspect of my character with you. However, in a round of golf, I guarantee you, <laughs> my character is going to reveal itself. As, and I like to say, golf is a character revealing activity, which is why it's so powerful in golf. Oh, wow. During a round of golf, you are going to experience every high and low. Okay. Ecstasy, frustration, anger, disbelief, you know, and all of those things are natural. The difference is in how will someone choose to react to that? Like someone told me many years ago, this, we're just playing golf. We're just here. Yes, we're talking business. But if you feel compelled to be dishonest here, right. why would I do business with you? Right. So, Greta, is that one of the reasons why some very high level uh, leaders uh, of institutions, corporations, you'll find them on the golf club, on the golf course, quite a bit, you know, networking or, hey, for a meeting, let's meet on the golf, let's, let's, so is that why that happens, you think? Absolutely, because you're going to, the, the mask is going to come off. Right. Got it, got it, got it. So it's not just a leisure activity. You actually, you can learn so much about oh, that other human being. That you learn so much about a person because again, we're human. We're going to hit bad shots. Hey, Tiger Woods hits horrible shots. I mean, right? We the, we all do. It's yeah. about recovery and reaction, which is the same thing in business. People are going to make mistakes and mishaps. It's about recovery. Right. right. If presented with the opportunity, are you going to be dishonest? Are you going to take that drop? A little bit more forward or are you gonna you know you know count your strokes correctly wow. you know 
Well, I, I, I get it. I never thought about it that way before. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly, yeah. and you said it rightly that yes, you can go for a coffee with that person or you can go for lunch or a dinner, but there's only so much of them you're going to see. But spending three hours, four hours on a golf course with them, it really, that character unveils itself. It, it is character revealing. I oh, mean, wow. it, 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 and so um, I've seen, oh, I can't say I've seen it all, but I've seen a lot. I've literally seen people on the first tee, introducing themselves, shaking hands, you know, before, you know, we could shake hands and that type of thing. Yeah. And literally the interactions are so positive and strong and the relationship builds that by the, by the, by the time we're shaking on the 18th, they're getting six figure opportunities. Wow. That's good. Yeah. That, and, I, and I tell you in the past 20 years, I have not closed a deal at a desk in an office. Okay. It's been out. Oh, yep. Okay. So for those people sitting there thinking, oh, golf is boring, but I love the business opportunity. Why would, why should someone consider taking up golf apart from the exercise and the leisure? Why, mm -hmm. you know, if they think it's boring, which, you know, a lot of people do, yep. but obviously playing the game itself is very different. Yes. Why should right. someone consider taking up golf? Well, I think, sure, golf really is a business skill. Right. It can open up an amazing number of doors that you, because it's, it's, it never ceases to amaze me. And I'm in golf every day. It never ceases to amaze me the type of people and the type of business interactions that I have and that I'm having and been having and just didn't know it. Mm. Because golfers, once we know we're a golfer, we're in a, we're in a, in a society of sorts, right? Yeah. We speak a language. It doesn't really matter about your political affiliations and inclinations. You understand and feel and, and it can be empathetic to what I, what I enjoy. We both love this crazy game of golf. We both speak the language and it's a language of its own. Like I, I mean, I, I get new clients week after week especially this time of year as we're coming into the spring here in the Southeast United States, where they're going, look, I'm tired of not getting invited to the meeting. Oh, the meeting is Thursday at two o'clock because everybody plays golf except you. You don't even get the invitation, right? You don't speak the language. It's just as if you, Mac, you and some of your friends were going out to a fabulous dinner mm -hmm. and at, at, at a French restaurant. And you guys are going like this is this is our immersion time. We're gonna we speak the language. We're just gonna enjoy it. Right. I don't speak a lick of French. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're not going to invite me. It's not that you don't like Greta. You just know that why I'm gonna be standing there, kind of twiddling my thumbs, waiting for everyone to, you know, <laughs> translate. It's the kind of thing. Same thing. I'm not gonna really invite. I don't like you, but you don't play golf. You don't speak the language, so I'm not inviting you to the opportunity. That and things sense. are happening. That makes sense. Now, one thing I, I noticed over many years, over, tw over 20 years uh, as an entrepreneur, there are many opportunities that have come up where the networking has been over golf. Yes. And the reason why I hired a PGA uh, instructor twice, by the way, mm -hmm. was for me to brush up on the golf so I can go to those business networking opportunities Correct. and mm -hmm. actually be with the big boys as opposed to just sitting there while they go and play and come back and talk. Yes. So, so I have missed out quite a bit by, the, by not really embracing it fully, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell us about, um, Greta, tell us about your work as an instructor. 
What sure. is it you do? Um, who do you do it for? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. So as an instructor, so I teach for myself. I own my own business, my own little academy. And I teach um, anyone and everyone, basically. But really, I would say that about 75 to 80 percent at this point of my client base are professional women who are, you know, here in Atlanta, we have the good fortune of having tons of great businesses, large and small. Mm -hmm. And really, they are figuring out and have figured out or been told for years, you really need to get out here on the golf course. And of course, even if we use in the corporate environment, you get to a certain point, And if you have good mentorship, they're going to really get on you like, you really, really need to get out here. <laughs> the meetings are the meetings are not we're telling you the meetings are not happening in the building. The meetings are happening on, you know, Wednesdays or whatever the case may be on the golf course. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're going to join the club, and come on up to the C-suite. Yeah. You, you got to do this. And the, the, so one, high achieving people, which are often drawn to golf. Yeah. May even often say, which always makes me laugh. They just, I just, Greta, Dr. Greta, I just want to get the ball in the air. I just need to be able to move it forward, which is fine. But once they realize that this is just, and I say just, it's science. It's not magic. And that's the reason I say just. I work really hard to be very crystal clear in my explanation whether, and, and lean on your learning preference, learning style preferences, and whether you're visual, audio, kinesthetic, whatever the case may be, I really work to infuse the knowledge in whichever way works best for you. But you're going to have, the ball's going to be in the air within 15 to 20 minutes. That's a guarantee. Mm. It's science. Right. That's the beautiful thing about golf. It's science. As I like to say, Golf is just physics wrapped up in a game. Okay. Right. You know, we have laws of ball flight. Just we have like, it's, 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 it's science. Mm -hmm. So once I help people to understand very clearly what makes the ball fly. And again, most people that come to golf, high achieving, you know, they're, they're intelligent people. You just explain these things to them very clearly. And then it helps them to see very clearly. So if I do this, it just can't fly. It just can't fly. So the ball is flying very quickly. So I say all that to say that all of a sudden they realize that, oh, the hurdle's not really in getting the ball to fly. Mm -hmm. And so with ladies in particular, I, you know, one of the more interesting things, I guess it's just kind of a ceiling we're having to break here, is this, um, this kind of yes, self-imposed ceiling or systemically imposed ceiling. I don't know which one it might be that. I'm okay with just, I just want to be good enough to just bunt the ball around. And as I was telling one of my clients, I was like, you're in the CC of a top, a fortune 100 company. Uh -huh. You graduated, you know, summa cum laude from XIV. I mean, I'm running off her accolades. And I said, and you really want me to believe that you're going to be okay with just hitting the ball 75 yards? You're not a below standard person. Why right. are you talking about right. So, right. So stop it. You know, I go like, stop it. Stop imposing these things on it. And so really helping women like it's perfectly fine to embrace, you know, wanting to be good because golf is one of those things is that you, you don't have to be good to play good business golf. Mm. Now, most people want to, once they get into it, they realize they want to be good for various, for their own, you know, intrinsic purposes. But as a business person, using golf as a business tool and a networking tool, 
you don't have to be able to score super low. That's a misconception. What you do need to know is how to manage the course and understand the rules and etiquette of this somewhat intricate sport when it comes to those types of things. That is, that's the big difference. Wow. Fantastic. You've, you've explained it very eloquently, very, very clearly. Now, for those people who are now hooked, they think, huh, maybe there is something here, Greta. If they want, they're looking at um, joining a, a golf club or want to get into golf, what are some simple ways to uh, get into it? So some simple ways to be like, if, if there are, if you have, if you want to just kind of dabble in it, mm. I would say, first things first, golf is one of those things, like most things, I suppose. It's very easy to pick up bad, bad habits. As I tell people, it's like, when we're beginners here, we're baking a cake. Now that can, we're, we're prepping a cake, mm. you know, that can go either way. Right. But we're baking a cake. So we have to make sure that we put on the right ingredients and everything like that. But as my, my mother and my grandmother make unbelievable bakers. And so while I, I'm not quite there yet, I've watched for, for many, many years now. And I know that both of them have always said the key is to be, to have your plan, but to take your time. It's no rush. Mm -hmm. Right. When there's, you know, from from scratch baking, right, stirring, taking your time, even if you're using um, a power you know, mixer, slow right. versus rushing. So it's kind of the same thing with your golf skills. Just dive on into it. Less is more. OK. Less is more. Like, for example, someone may go to the driving range, hitting balls. Maybe they've worked on or maybe they've observed they've gone to, a, you know, a nice um, you know, if they're just starting and they just want to dabble in it, you have access to some equipment. Hey, we are in the digital world. I do digital instruction there. You know, you've looked at a few YouTube videos. Let's just say mm. you can go to the driving range and try some things out. Right. Yeah. But there's no need to go try and hit 200 balls because for a variety of reasons, that's just not going to work out well. So maybe a basket full. But I will say this. And, and I, obviously, as an instructor, it might sound self-serving, but it's just true in the big picture. The investment in good quality instruction, whether that is face-to-face -face or digital in the beginning, is invaluable. Mm -hmm. It will save you so much time and heartache. But yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And that, that applies to areas of, of your life that you're trying yes. to improve in. If you want to master something, go to the experts. Go to right. Dr. Greta Anderson. Go right. to someone right. who does this day in, day out. And they can tell you about your swing. They can tell you about the way you're holding everything. Right. Take how to do that better. So I get it. Fantastic. Yeah. We're cutting off years. I mean, you know, it's like anything else. People have to want to be better and, and, and do the work, right? Do their practice and that type of thing. But people are often amazed when they see clients and they're like, that is not pop. She didn't start last year. Go, no, she started last year. Wow. Well, there's, there's something there. But also, I mean, the um, it has a health side of it, right? It's a, it's a healthy pastime, I, I suppose. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about coach, uh, so golfing and health. Sure, golf is one of those play, one of those things, right? It's it's great low impact sport. Mm. It's healthful. We are in beautiful surroundings, green grass, fresh air, right? Fresh air. You know, there's te there's technologies sneaking in but golf is one of the last bastions of peace and serenity as i like to say mm -hmm. where can you go for three or four hours and realistically be without technology there are no walls on which yeah. for which monitors and tvs are hanging 
you know, you can have your phone on if you want to, but I'm kind of a traditionalist in that regard that my phone usually goes into my golf bag and I just enjoy the round. You know, I use the old, I use the scorecard. I don't need the app. I pencil and paper works for me. So it's that, it's, you know, and so the, for many of us, remember golf is originally a walking sport here in the States. The motorized cart is very popular, but I know in other places like the UK, people are still walkers. You know, a lot of people still, while the buggies are still around, but golf is a walking sport. But even if you're playing and you're using the cart, the motor cart or the buggy, there's still an opportunity to make it a healthful, you know, activity. It is, we're swinging, we're moving again. We're on nice soft terrain. So if you're walking, you're not walking on man-made concrete that's messing with those joints, right? Right. Yeah. Swinging, swinging, a, a good golf swing, which always makes me laugh. You go like, oh, this is a little bit more work than I thought. Yes, we're, we're engaging a lot of muscles. Right. And, and I remember, because we're not swinging with our arms, we're swinging with our body. Mm -hmm. so we're using our core, we're using the hip flexors, we're using the posterior chain, the back of the body. So it's, it's, a, it's a good, nice, soft workout. And we're doing that quite a few times, right? We're rotating, we're swinging, we're swinging. Uh, like I said, fresh air mental health most people many golfers will tell you there's no place like the golf course to clear your mind mm, of course yes which in a cluttered busy frenetic world like we're in right now it's the best you'll see it's very interesting in the morning particularly in the summer where the days are longer mm. the early morning golfers peaceful right. quiet it's a great place to gather your thoughts here's a little interesting you will see a lot of really high achieving business people play early morning rounds of golf. Wow, wow. Dr. Greta Anderson, you've shared and enlightened us with so much around golf that maybe we haven't considered. And some, some people watching or listening maybe play, but a lot of them do not play. Um, like myself, but I've learned a lot. And I will say this, we've been talking about business, we've been talking about golf, we've been talking about networking, we've been talking about people and human beings and how they behave and characters. And we've been talking about the health benefits of golf. So there is a lot there. Now, for those who want to you know, speak with you, catch up with you, get instruction by you or learn from you, what's sure. the best way for them to be able to do that? Sure, you can visit me on all the social media platforms at Dr. Greta Golf and my website, drgretagolf.com. Okay, there you go. drgretagolf.com and at Dr. Dre, uh, Dr. Greta Golf on all the social media handles. Correct. Fantastic. Correct. Well, I want to say a big thank you to you. And I've learned so much. And, and, and those of you listening in, watching in, make sure you leave your comments. Uh, if you've got a question for Dr. Greta, make sure you put it in as well. Um, subscribe, share, follow, whatever you need to do so you can have more awesome interviews and conversations just like this. So, Dr. Greta, thank you, thank you, thank you for jumping onto this. Thank uh, you so much for having me. This has been a delight. <laughs> Most welcome. You take care, and we will catch up very, very next time, very soon, hopefully. Bye thank for you. now. Bye for now. Okay, guys, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, and make sure you leave your comments and also subscribe. Uh, so you can get more awesome interviews like this. Thank you.